all of the great wise people have all said, you have that transformation in you. You have in you what I have in me. There's nothing different between us except I take it seriously and you dabble or don't pay any attention to it. And we're at a time in the world where we have to take it seriously. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to episode number 127. Today, I have the great pleasure and honor of interviewing Udo Harasmus. Udo is the co-founder of Udo's Choice brand, a global leader in the cutting edge health products. He also is an accomplished author that's written many books, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill is one that I really love which has sold over 250,000 copies. And another book in my library is the book, Total Sexy Health. As an acclaimed author and speaker, Udo has an eight-step process that takes into consideration all the elements of human nature and nature, including physical health, mental health, presence, awareness, life energy, and being harmony with nature and humanity. Udo's background includes studies in biochemistry, genetics, biology, and nutrition, as well as a master's degree in counseling psychology. Udo has also impacted numerous lives by passionately conducting live presentations, media interviews, staff trainings, and traveled to 40-plus countries with this message on how to achieve perfect health. Today, we are going to be discussing his book, Fats That Heal and Fats That Kill. I'm going to cover so many different things, but fat being the main topic. We're going to discuss today how Udo became poisoned by pesticides, why he started studying fats, and what are essential fats, how oils are made, and the difference between omega-3, omega-6 fatty acids, and the different sources, the benefits of spices, and how to start your day with calmness. If you would like, and I would greatly appreciate it, please click on the link and rate and review the Rebel Health Coach podcast. Enjoy this episode. Also, Udo has generously offered the listeners a free digital download of his book, Your Body Needs an Oil Change. Love the name. Along with free access to his video course. You can find this at www.udoerasmus.com dot com slash rebel. The link will be in the show notes. Hope you're ready. And here we go with Udo. Udo Erasmus, the father of facts. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach podcast. I am honored to have you with me today. How are you? Peachy, fine, amazing. Life is good. Life is good. Life is good. Life is very good. In your LinkedIn intro or about section, I love this part. And I'm going to read it for the listeners because it's so amazing. It says, what inspires me every day? Health, 
totally sucks the health and human nature. We are wired by nature, both internally and externally, for this. One, eight billion people live their life lit up from within because light is already in every one of us. It's simply a matter of looking into instead of away from it. I love that part. Number two was doing that. We feel so perfectly taken care of by life that we don't need more and are therefore not tempted to steal each other's stuff. Feeling taken care of, we are happy to give instead of driven to take. Number three, not stealing each other's stuff. We live together in harmony, cooperating in actions that benefit at all expense of none. And number four, we make sure that people's basic needs are taken care of substantially in long term. Sound like you're just about ready to cry there. Oh, man. That's a, I mean, in the state of our world today, right. that means a lot. Right. Well, so you think about what we are and what this is and what this planet is. Everything is run on solar energy. So my life is solar energy. How does that work? Well, the life, the sun shone on green leaves. They absorbed the sunlight. That activated electrons. They formed bonds between atoms and the solar energy stored in those bonds. And that becomes a molecule and that molecule becomes our food. Then we eat the food and we break it down, break those bonds again. The solar energy is released. That's what our life is. Or energized from within. Yeah. And when we let, tend to live into the world instead of living into ourselves, right? Our awareness is always drawn out into the world. Something moves, you got to look something, you hear a sound, you say, oh, what's that, right? And that's a survival mechanism. We're wired that way to, to assess change very quickly to determine whether it's friend or foe or irrelevant. And so we've become really good at that. But in doing that, we've kept ourselves outside. Hmm. How often do we actually sit down and stop and just feel inside, in the space that our body occupies? What does it feel like in that space? Hmm. And when you do that, and I started doing that when I was 30, I'm now 79, so I've been doing it for almost 50 years. When you begin to do that, you find that everything you're looking to accomplish on the outside, to get your happiness, to get your fulfillment, to get your peace, to, to feel love, is all already inside. So if we got to know ourselves better than we know our neighbors, that would be a good thing, right? Right. And so when you feel life is unconditional love, like life, that solar energy, loves your body unconditionally. Its only agenda is to build, maintain, reconstruct your body. That's its only agenda. It has no hidden agenda. It's not greedy. It doesn't take time off. It never asks for a raise. It never gets ticked off when you get ticked off. And even if you curse your life, it just keeps taking care of you with your body, of your body with unconditional love. So you want love in your life, you're sitting on it. <laughs> and it turns out that you are actually not the body. Like if I said to you, hey, Tom, whose body is that? And I pointed to you. You would say it's my body, right? Right. That's what most people would say. If I say this is my body, I've just told you that I'm not the body. I'm the owner. 
Just like if I say, this is my watch, I'm not the watch, I'm the owner, right? Right. So I'm the owner of the body. Well, who owns this body? Hmm. Well, life owns this body. So then the question becomes, how well do you know the owner of the body? And most people would have to say not very well, because why never spend any time being with myself as life, as that solar energy, as the master that weighs nothing and runs everything, as the light that I am, and that certain wise people have always said, you, your true nature is light, or your true nature is sound, or your true nature is love. But when I, be, when I do take the time to tap into that and feel it and feel cared for, and I feel taken care of, then it's like, okay, I, I look around, okay, well, what's there to do? Well, there's nothing left to do but to help. <laughs> there's nothing left to do but to do what needs to be done. There's nothing left to do but figure out how can I make the biggest splash for good in the time that I have in this body <laughs> because I feel cared for. And until I feel cared for, I will always be looking out there to do things. Ah, will that take care of me? How will that take care of me? And I will, do, I will not do some things that need to be done just because I can't see how they will take care of me. So I'm a getter until I feel cared for. And I become a giver the moment I feel cared for. That's the transformation. You talk about world transformation. That's the transformation. Nice. It's not like some fancy thing about galaxies <laughs> and weird beings from other places. I mean, those may all exist. I'm not saying that they don't. But the transformation is an inner transformation. And all of the great wise people have all said, you have that transformation in you. You have in you what I have in me. There's nothing different between us except I take it seriously and you dabble or don't pay any attention to it. Right. And we're at a time in the world where we have to take it seriously. Because we're screwing up the environment, we're screwing up our politics, we're screwing up our relationships, we're screwing up our health, and everything else in between, we're screwing that up too. Right. Just because we're not taking time to feel cared for, so that we're actually free to live that care into the world. Wow, that's deep. That's good, though. And it's so very true. Yeah, sorry, can we go more shallow now? <laughs> So you go deep, you have to hold your breath, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can do that. I really wanted to dive into the book since in, in the facts, but yeah, you have a quite a story. Mm. And I think it would, most of it was in your first book, or not your first book, because you have many books, but the, fir the first book that I bought was the book of Total Sexy Health. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's the first one you bought? Yep. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, I, there's a lot about you in that book leading up to total sexy health part. Mm -hmm. But as I said earlier, you had a lot of different jobs, mm -hmm. but you also have a quite a story about being born in the second world war. And that really formed your life mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. So could you go into that a little bit? Cause sure. I found that story quite amazing. Sure. I had, it is an amazing gift to be born into a war, but it's a gift that I wouldn't wish on anybody. I'll tell you why it's a gift though. It's, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a gift then. I mean, at the time, I just remember being hungry and being confused and everything was chaotic and I didn't know what to trust. I didn't know what I could count on. I didn't feel safe. And my childhood, I was pretty much like pretty, pretty tightly wound, scared of lots of things, 
love books because books are safe. You can read a book about a war and there's no bullets flying. So, so, so I was very shy as a, as a kid. When I was six years old, I had my, my great insight. I listened to adults argue in Germany. We were in Germany at that point. And they were arguing about things that seemed trivial to me as a six-year-old. And the thought occurred to me, man, there has to be a way that people can live in harmony. And then a little cocky six-year-old who doesn't know how complicated everything is, I'm going to find out how. And that's been my driver all my life. What does it take for human beings to live in harmony? Not just harmony with themselves, not just harmony with each other, but also harmony with the planet. What does it take to do that? And so that was my driver. That's been my driver all my life. Got me into science to understand how things work. Then I got into biosciences to understand how creatures work. Then I got into psychology because I wanted to know how thinking works. Then I got into medicine because I wanted to know how health works, but found out very quickly that you don't learn about health in medicine, you learn about disease. And then I flipped back into biochemistry genetics because when you're studying biological sciences, you're studying the normal functioning of normal creatures. And guess what? Normal functioning is health. So you actually study health in biology without ever giving it the name health. Hmm. And that was an interesting insight for me. And I asked the dean of the medical school when I was in it, so what is health? I came here to study health. I'm just learning about disease because they call it a healthcare system. I thought I learned about health here. <laughs> he said, we don't know what health is. We're, lo- we're working on it. But he's, they're not working on it because they keep studying disease. Oh. If you want to know what health is, you need to study health. And then I finally got into genetics and I was in the control room and the cell, the, the genes are the control room, how everything works. But there was still something missing in my life. And so I left university mm-hmm. and eventually got into self-knowledge because I really needed to know how I work. <laughs> because, and that took me 30 years to figure that out. And along those 30 years, you had a job as a pesticide sprayer. And that was also in the book, The The Total Sexy Health. Yeah. Is that what led you into oils? That's what got me into oils. And I actually, I had already started doing the self-knowledge practice where you spend time with yourself to feel what it was like to be alive and discover what's in you. Right. So I had already been doing that for eight years, but I got married and we had three kids and my marriage broke up and I was very upset. I was, I mean, I was raging upset. I was really mad and I wanted to kill something. And so I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. I already had a license from a gardening job that I had done. And we know that pesticides are only made to kill living things. So I took a job, full-time job as a pesticide sprayer and did it super carelessly. I walked barefoot through the lot over the oh, lawns. No. I sprayed right. until the skin peeled off the bottom of my feet. And then I wore rubber boots. It was a summer job. I did it in a bathing suit. The wind would drift the spray on my back. After three years of being careless, I got poisoned by the pesticides I sprayed. That's a predictable outcome. Wow. And like I said, that's a self-made lesson. (laughs) That's definitely a self-made lesson. So what did you do about that then? Well, so I went to the doctor and said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? And she said, nothing. And I was good medical advice because that, that day the penny dropped and said, oh, my health is actually really is my responsibility. And I wasn't not a, ever a really like junk food eater. And we lived simply on a farm. I ate lots of vegetables. We ate meat once a week because we didn't have electricity on the farm at, at that time. So my habits were pretty reasonable, simple. 
and lots of vegetables, but I was sloppy with my health in other ways, in lots of other ways. And somebody even asked me, aren't you worried you're going to get poisoned? Nah, I'm immune. Some people call that testosterone poisoning <laughs> and think they're invincible until they have their first major disaster. Right. And it's called testosterone self-poisoning. <laughs> and so anyway, so because the doctor couldn't, didn't have anything, so there was no, nothing on the shelf for, oh yeah, pest, oh, here's a pesticide potion. So I went into, because I had the background in science, right. I went into the journals and I started reading all the research. There's like in Medline at that time, there were 16 million studies listed. So you can get all those studies. Of those 600,000 were on nutrition. And I wanted to say health and nutrition, disease and nutrition. That's what I was interested in. And of those, I think it was about 30, 33,000 were on fats. And of those, about 6,000 were on essential fatty acids. And so, so I looked, started looking at all of that. I was also interested in minerals and vitamins and, and amino acids and all of the other essential nutrients. But I got stuck on fats. They were the most complicated. They were the, the most confusing. They are the most contradictory. They were being misrepresented enormously in the marketplace. I found out that omega-6, they said, is essential, which means you can't make it in your body. You have to have it to be healthy and to live even, and you therefore have to bring it in from outside. That's what essential means. If you don't get enough, your health goes down, you get deficiency symptoms. They're degenerative in nature. They get worse with time. And if you go, don't get enough of any essential nutrient long enough, you die. These are like the essential building blocks for body construction and function. And then the third part of that definition of essential is if you are not getting enough and you're going down because of it, if you bring enough of it back into the diet before you die, then everything, all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. That was the good news, right? Right. So omega-6 is essential by that definition, but it also gives you cancer and kills you. And I was going, what? Huh? Something you have to have for health? Gives you cancer and kills you. <laughs> it's like, what is, what's that? <laughs> and it was that contradiction that was driving me crazy that got me to look deeper into how oils are made. And so I found out, and this is not something I knew from university because they don't talk about this part at university. They talk about fats and the molecules, but they don't talk about the practical stuff like, like the food products. So I found out that to make an oil, you, you take a seed and you first you, you squish it, then maybe you solvent extract the rest out, then you treat it with Drano or sodium hydroxide, which is a very corrosive base. Then you treat it with window washing acid or phosphoric acid, a very corrosive acid. Then it's bleached with bleaching clays and now it goes rancid. And then you have to heat it to frying temperature in a process called deodorization to get rid of the bad smell that comes from rancidity. I used to call it destinkerization. Right? <laughs> and then you end up with the normal oil that we use in our salads and cooking. Colorless, odorless, tasteless oils. You find them on the shelves in uh, plastic bottles. And pretty much that's happened to all of them except extra virgin olive oil. And in the process of doing this, a half to 1% of the molecules are damaged. 
And, and because I'd been poisoned, I wanted to know, why are you doing this? This is not, this can't be that good for you. I called the American Oil Chemist Society and said, I want to talk to one of your researchers. This is the umbrella organization for the oil industry They're in Champaign, Illinois, or were at that time. So they put the guy on the line and I said to him, listen, when you know that the way you process oils damages them, why do you do it? So he says to me, well, one reason is because when we heat the oil to frying temperature, he didn't say it that way. He said, when we deodorize the oil, I say at frying temperature, we can get rid of half the pesticides in the oil. Well, that was not a good answer for a guy who had gotten poisoned by pesticides. Because <laughs> I didn't know that, right? It's like, right. oh, what do you mean? The other half of the pesticides are still in the oil? I didn't they know there were any in there in the first place because we didn't study that at university, right? So I said to him, then why don't you start with organically grown seeds? Then you don't have pesticides in them that you need to get rid of by frying the oil. and. I guess maybe he'd never thought of that. There was a silence at the other end of the phone, like a long silence. And I like talking, but I can listen too. So I just waited. <laughs> and when he got back, he was mad. He said, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 99% good. It's only 1% damaged. And if you got 99% on an exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? So two things happened at that point. One was, well, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe 1% is not so much. So what I did was we were told in school, when I was in school, they said, if when in doubt, do the math, right? It's a good saying, when in doubt, do the math. So I said, okay, let me do the math. If the oil is 1% damaged, 1% damaged, how right. many damaged molecules would you find in one tablespoon? Give me a guess. A hundred? Okay. Well, why I do this when I give talks, I ask people to guess because nobody knows, right. right? Unless they've heard me before, right? So 100, you said 100. So your underestimation of the damage done by processing is 600 quadrillion times too low, your estimate. Wow. You're underestimating the danger of those oils by 600 quadrillion times. You don't even know, we don't even know how big that number is. Right. There are in that one tablespoon, there are 60 quintillion damaged molecules. And 60 quintillion damaged molecules is more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. More than a million damaged molecules for every cell in your body. Now, most people eat two to four tablespoons, so you got to multiply that in. And then if you fry the oil, you got to multiply that by another three to six times because of the damage done. So the number of damaged molecules you get from one tablespoon of an oil is huge. And I, said, I say to people, listen, if you were going to fly home for the holidays, uh, not so many people are flying these days, but if you're flying home from the holidays, for the holidays, and you were about to get on the plane and somebody who was always honest came to you and said, did you know that your chance of crashing and dying on this trip that you're about to go on is 600 quadrillion times higher than you thought it was 
would you get on the airplane? <laughs> no. And I would say, no, I would canoe back to, I said in Ireland, <laughs> I would canoe back to Canada. <laughs> and and well, my chances would not be good, but it'd be better than that, right? And is knowing how much you underestimate the damage to, done to the oils, is that cause for you to stop and think whether you should be using oil, whether you should be using those oils right and whether you should be using them the way you do which is damaging them even more in the frying pan and that was enough for me to say you know what i cannot get healthy on oils like this we should make oils with health in mind and th that was the that little six-year-old boy again see yeah i'm gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> So then it's like, how do you make oils with health in mind? Well, I knew that the most sensitive of our nutrients, they are damaged by light, by oxygen, and by heat, and to a lesser extent, by water and by minerals. So they're very sensitive. They need the most care, and we actually give them the least care. There's nothing else that we throw in the frying pan and watch it turn into smoke. So we are in the frying pan. The dumbest thing we ever invented to do is fry oils and fry foods burn foods because you change molecules and whether it's starch you burn or protein you burn or fat you burn, all three of them, independent of each other, increase your risk of cancer and increase inflammation, which is behind many of our degenerative conditions. It is the dumbest thing we do in food preparation. And my recommendation is you go and get your frying pan, everybody has one, you turn it upside down, you hit yourself on the head with it really hard <laughs> and you throw the stupid thing out. And you cook in water and add good oils made with health in mind to the food after it comes off the heat. That's what people did 100 years, uh, like before 1900, because the industry, the oil industry that makes these cooking oils only started in about 1900. So let's talk about cooking oils then. So yeah, how would you cook a steak? Well, what we used to do when I was a kid, we would cut it in cubes, throw it in the stew with the vegetables and the spices. Tasted great, wasn't burnt. Right. <laughs> that was our steak. Okay. But if you're addicted to this piece of burnt stuff and you think that it's really good for you because as a kid you got it with mother love because the industry bamboozled our mothers to, say, to start frying, then you got to make a separation between the mother love, which is very good, and the bad habit, which you need to change. <laughs> so you're saying... Cooking oils, not just, we all know there's bad cooking oils and, and then you have extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, but none of them are worth a damn. No, you know what? Extra virgin olive oil was not used for cooking traditionally. So what they did is they cooked their vegetables in water, they dumped the water off, then they added oil because when you put oils in foods, they enhance flavors. They're great at carrying flavors because a lot of flavors are oil soluble. And they improve the absorption of oil-soluble nutrients, some of which have huge benefits on health. So oil with food is a good idea, but not frying foods. Okay. And the oils need to be made with health in mind. That was the second thing that came out of it for me, is, well, I can't get healthy on oils that are this damaged. They should be made with health in mind. I'm going to do that. And then I started thinking, well, what do you have to do? Well, you have to protect the oil from the time it's in the seed where it's protected by nature's packaging, good packaging, they found flax seeds 5,000 years old in caves in Switzerland. And they pulled them out and planted them and they still grew. 
They were 5,000 years old. So nature's packaging is pretty good. So from the time it's in nature's packaging, through the pressing, the filtering, the settling, the filling into glass bottles and in the fridge, through that whole process, you want no light, no air, and no high temperature to be in touch with that oil. So that means you have to build a really tight system, which is what I did. We had, actually, I didn't do it. We had engineers created. I created the, the conceptuals. And then they built the parts. And you put those parts on the machines because they didn't come with the machines. The oil industry has never done that. They make a mess at the front end. Then they use a chemical feast at the back end to clean up the mess. But that doesn't mean you're ending up with the mess from the front end and the mess you made at the back end. It's just very sloppy. So they never made like those tight systems. So we made the tight system. And the year after I got poisoned, it was established that omega-3 is an essential nutrient. And I, get, I went ballistic. <laughs> I, I got so excited because the idea is that 99% of the population doesn't get enough omega-3 for optimum health. They are essential to the function of every cell in the body. They are a nightmare to work with because they're five times more sensitive than these oils that are 1% damaged by the processing. So they take even more care. And the idea to me was, well, if we could bring these omega-3s back into the diets of people, we could help 99% of the people, almost everybody, get better health. Because the fact is, because they're the most sensitive nutrients and they're, they're most damaged by the processing, more health problems come from damaged oil than any other part of nutrition. Hmm. And more health benefits come from making an oil change from damaged oils to oils made with health in mind. So I, was, I created the industry of making oils with health in mind. That was my brainchild that came out of my experience of pesticide poisoning and then thinking about it and then having that talk and then figuring out how would we make them so they weren't damaged. So the year after I got started doing that, it was established omega-3s are essential. And it was like, oh my God, we could help so many people if we could make omega-3s with health in mind and get them to people in an undamaged way. And that's what, and th and that was the, that's what drove the whole thing. We, we worked our butts off. We had no money. We were so excited about this contribution. We worked all day, sometimes, and drove all night. We did a tour through the U.S., 85 cities in 101 days, 35 states, 17,000 miles by road, in the hottest months, July, August, and half of September, half of June. Talked to anybody who would listen to us and slept in the van without air conditioning. I slept on the floor between the... To the the steering wheel in the back. My my driver had put his, built a bunk in the back. We had our clothes on a broomstick inside the double doors. And every few days when we got completely sticky and sweaty, we would walk into a Marriott hotel like we owned it and go to where the showers are and clean up, wash our clothes, wring them out. If they had a pool, go for a swim in the pool and then go back into our van and, and keep driving. <laughs> and we'd be like, work all day, drive all night. And we did it all on raw vegetables, except the first two weeks. Because the first two weeks, we figured out if we ate meat, we felt heavy. And if we ate carbs, we felt like we we're going to fall asleep. And so we literally, and we had no, no fridge in the, in the place. So we basically bought ve fresh vegetables and just ate raw fresh vegetables. What is that? 86 days on, on raw vegetables. 
Wow. And flax oil is what we created. This was in 1988. So we created flax oil in 1986. And why flax oil? Because it is the richest source of omega-3s, commonly available and affordable. And so we started with flaxseed oil. And within two years, flaxseed oil was the second highest selling oil in the health food trade, which is where we, the natural foods trade, which is where we were active. Wow. That's why you're the, called the father of flaxseed oil. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, it was, it came out of, and it's not like there weren't, weren't hundreds or thousands of other people involved in it. Right, right. But I was, def- I was definitely the point man. <laughs> Let's go into the essential, because yeah. there's omega-3, 6, and 9. Yeah. A lot of people don't even understand nine, but I was looking at your products and you do a three, six, nine blend. Yeah. But let's go into that because that's most of the times you're going to see a three, six blend. Yeah. Well, when we started, we called ours the three, six blend too. But I was in, I was in Ogden, Utah, giving a talk. And this guy came up to me after my talk and he said, you know, I used to use your three, six blend, but I found a blend that's a three, six, nine blend. And uh, there's a hole in the ceiling where my head went through. (laughs) you know and what happened was because people don't understand it if you call it three six and somebody comes out with three six nine but nine is not essential your body can make that out of sugar and starch yeah but people don't know that so then they go three six nine that's better they think that's better then somebody comes out with three six nine seven because there's also a seven that's not essential either oh that sounds like even more than three six nine and then there's somebody comes out with 36975 because there's some uh, omega-5 oils as well. And then people who don't understand it think that the, the more numbers you got in the name, the better the product is, <laughs> even when it's not true, right? So what happened is the whole trade started calling 369 blends. Omega-9 is not essential. Only omega-3 and omega-6 are essential by the definition I gave. Can't okay. make it, got to have it. Got to get it from outside. If you don't get it long enough, you die. If you bring it back, life knows how to repair your body and all of your symptoms of not getting enough are reversed. And that definition fits 18 minerals, 13 vitamins, nine essential amino acids, and two essential fatty acids. The two we're talking about, omega-3 and omega-6, was known to be essential in 1929. And omega-3 was not known to be essential until 1981, the year after I got poisoned. So my timing was perfect. So I ended up at the head of that parade, the Omega-3 parade. And, and I did most of the public education on it. I think I did over 5,000 talks and over 3,000 media interviews and about 1,500 staff trainings in the time that I spent traveling around. So, so it was, yeah. And it's, but it's a labor of love. It was never about money, even though the money is good. It was never about money. I said, oh my God, I could help so many people. And to me, this, I don't know why, maybe because I came out of a war, but helping people seems like a lot better idea than killing them and hurting them, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you get your omega-3 from flax. Do you get the six from flax? No, and that's another story. So the guys I worked with at the time, they started saying, oh, flaxseed oil is the richest source of both omega-3 and omega-6. I didn't think it was true because it has four times more omega-3 than omega-6. And I didn't know of any traditional diet that high in omega-3s. And I had a concern about it, but I didn't have proof. So I couldn't say, hey, you guys, that's not true. <laughs> so I just did an experiment on myself. I used flax oil as the only oil in my diet. 
for about three months and I became omega-6 deficient. And when you become omega-6 deficient, there are lots of symptoms. The ones I got was dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis-like pain in my finger joints and thin papery skin. Those are classic omega-6 deficiency symptoms. How to fix them? Well, that was easy. I just ate lots of sunflower seeds because they have no omega-3s in them, but a lot of omega-6. And then we also got feedback from people finding that they took flax oil and their skin became really nice. And then after a while, it didn't work anymore. And so what happened is omega-3 and 6 form a barrier in the skin against the loss of moisture. You end up with nice, soft, velvety skin. They already had omega-6s in their diet, but they were missing the omega-3s. You need them both to get this really nice skin. So they got the flax that brought it in. Now they got 3 and 6, formed the, formed the barrier. And then because they were using flaxseed oil too much, they became omega-6 deficient, skin fell apart again. Also, people would say, is there one thing I can do that gets me everything? Because this is complicated. And it is complicated. If you start talking molecules, it gets complicated. Is there one thing I can do that will get me everything good from fats I need and avoid everything bad from fats I should avoid? That's why I call the book Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. There are literally two completely opposite stories on fats. And you have to know which ones are the, are the, the ones that heal and deliberately choose those and deliberately leave out the ones that kill. So, and that's why, because I became deficient and people asked this question. I said, we should make a blend that is balanced to begin with. So you never run the risk of becoming omega-6 deficient or omega-3 deficient. And that's what the blend came out of. We started the flax oil in 1986, started the blend in 1994. And then people sometimes say, well, why do you already got omega-6s in the diet? Why don't you just take flax oil? Yeah, but the omega-6s you got in the diet are damaged. They get you a million, uh, over a million damaged molecules for every cell in your body in one tablespoon. You need to change those out for omega-6s that are made with health in mind, that are not damaged, that are not processed with draino window washing acid, hmm. bleached, and then fried. And so what we did in the blend is we use omega-6s from sunflower and sesame seeds because those have omega-6s but no omega-3s. Omega-3s from flax, which has a lot of omega-3s, but too little omega-6 for how much 3 it contains. Mix those together, and then we have uh, six other ingredients in it that are there for antioxidants and certain flavor compounds. Hmm. So we made that blend, and now this now you can use that forever and never mess yourself up. Okay. There isn't a single oil that will do all of that. So that's when we did it that way. You've got flax, sunflower. Yeah. But what about the oils from fish? Like there's three, like the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so where, let's do well, talk about the division here. Okay, so, yeah. So first of all, you have to make a distinction between food foundation oils and supplement oils. Okay. Food foundation, if you study nutrition, you find out major nutrients are proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. So fats are major nutrients. That means those are the nutrients you eat in the largest amounts. That's what we talk about, a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day of oil. That's like two to four tablespoons for most people. Fish oil is one to three capsules. Okay, so fish oil is a supplement and food oil is foundation. And here's the problem. You cannot fix 
a wrecked foundation with the supplement. You have to fix the foundation. Mm. Make sense? Yes, makes a lot okay. of sense. Yeah. And so a supplement is supposed to supplement food, not replace it. Okay. Right? That's like saying you could say, oh, you know what? I just found out that you can get minerals and vitamins and in pill form. I've just decided not to eat anymore. I'm just going to pop a pill. I'm not going to eat food anymore. <laughs> if somebody said that to you, you say, okay, yeah. what else are you stupid about? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. In the oil arena, that's the way we've set it up. And the way that started is the fish oil industry used to say before flax oil came out, flax oil they thought was their competition. They said 30% of the population cannot convert enough alpha-linolenic acid, which is the, the plant omega-3, into EPA and DHA, which is the fish oil omega-3s. 30% can't convert enough. In other words, everybody can convert. 70% don't need fish oil. 30% might need some fish oil because they can't convert enough. And the week we came out with flax oil, one company said the body can't convert flax to fish oil. And then they started saying that everybody should take fish oils. Of course, not everybody does. And there's 300 million Hindus in India that have never let a fish come anywhere near them. <laughs> Don't take fish oil capsules. They have just as much EPA and DHA in their body as in their brain, their eyeballs and their sperm for DHA, just like anybody else who does take fish, who does eat fish and take fish oil. And they're just as functional. And DHA and EPA are not essential fatty acids. They're essential fatty acid derivatives. Because if you have enough ALA in the body, your body can make what the fish oils contain. Uh, because every cell has genes that are required for the conversion. And the big issue is not that we can't do the conversion. The big issue is if you don't have any starting material, you can't do the conversion. And ALA in flax, in Udo's oil, that's the omega-3s that you need to do the conversion. And the body does the conversion, and the research is clear on that. Women do it better than men. That's because the brain has a lot of DHA in it. When a woman is pregnant, she needs to feed two brains. One is to maintain hers, and the other one is the one she builds in her womb. Right? So they need to be sold for reproduction. Her ability to convert is very important. Men don't get pregnant, so they don't have that issue. So they convert more slowly. But even if they converted less than half a percent, they'd only need one to replace the brain turnover. Brain turnover is 2.4 to 3.8 milligrams a day. We, what we recommend to people is usually about between 10 and 20 grams of ALA. So they're getting plenty of starting material. Some of it is used as fuel. Some of it is used in other structures. Some of it is converted into EPA, DHA. If you optimize your intake of alpha-linolenic acid and you eat properly, you are very unlikely to require EPA and DHA or fish oils or fish at all. And somebody actually once asked Walter Willett, who blew the whistle on trans fatty acids, he was the head of the Harvard School of Public Health, asked him in Denmark, what would happen if your body could not convert alpha-linolenic acid into EPA and DHA? And without any hesitation, he said, you would be dead. 
So fundamentally, except for the fish oil industry, everybody says you don't need fish oil, right? And, and I, I know it's turf protection for them, right? We, right. We, we were the big competition. But the truth is, even if the body didn't convert any of the alpha-linolenic acid into EPA and DHA, you would still need that foundation because you have to fix the food oil foundation. Mm. So, so to me, fish oil is not my competition. Cooking oils are my competition. But it turns out that the body can also convert alpha-linolenic acid into EPA and DHA. I don't eat fish and I don't take fish oils and I do it on purpose. Proof <laughs> that I don't need fish oil, you know, at least for me. Right. Yeah. Now, the, the story in the marketplace, of course, is very different. Because in the marketplace, they call it essential. Because essential means you've got to have it. So that's a really good for sales. Right. But it's not essential by the definition that the researchers established. And there needs to be a definition for the word, right? And so they're misusing the, the science. And I've also seen where they've misused the, the studies, where the studies shows one thing and then the, the summary that gets published, that everybody gets to read, is farmed out. Somebody else writes that summary. They write it the way the, whoever funded the study wants it written and may not even reflect what the study says. Okay. So you get that as well. And so then they say, well, women, men can't convert as well as women. Therefore, everybody should take fish oils. So what did you just say? Right? So you get a lot. Whenever money becomes a big issue, then you get people finding ways to find a way around the facts in order to make sales. Right. And it was that it's a form of dictatorship. Lying is a form of dictatorship <laughs> because it robs people of choice. When you right. give them bad information... They can't make good choices. There's a lot of that going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and more more than ever. And it's been <laughs> right. going on since the time of the Romans. It's just we know it more now. Exactly. I mean, it just keeps going. Yeah. And I've always wondered, and I'm like cooking oils, because I use avocado oil every day. Yeah. So one of my view is, first of all, avocados have a little bit of omega-3, like 5% of the oil is omega-3. Have a little bit of omega-6, maybe 10, 15, 20% omega-6. Most of it is monounsaturates. Eat the avocados because then there the oils are in their natural shape. Right. When you take out the oil and then treat it with drain and window washing out, bleach it dry <laughs> and then put it in a plastic bottle. And the plastic leaches into oil and you don't need plastic in your body either. That's becoming a big issue too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And oils and, and plastic leaches into oils quicker than it does into water. Right. And so, so eat the avocados. <laughs> They're really, I, I eat them every day. I, now that um, I know this, Udo, I probably will not eat it, use my coconut or my avocado oil tonight. Yeah, good. If you do, somebody should slap you with the bottle. All right. <laughs> so let's, I want to talk about your brand, Udo's Choice. So, because you've got quite a lineup. One question I have for you while looking at this is... When you click on your store, your website, it goes to Amazon. If I go to products in your website, if I go to Udo's Choice Supplements, I push buy now, it goes to Amazon. Because there's a lot of misconception about buying stuff off of Amazon, about the stuff in bottles that are sit there in the hot warehouse and get damaged. Or... Yeah. there. Well, there's stories and then there's what's true. I think they have refrigeration. Okay. They also don't necessarily, they're almost like a clearinghouse. They ship some of their own stuff, but they also have affiliates that they work with so that the person who ships you the oil right. 
may not be out of the Amazon warehouse, maybe right. out of a health food store. Right. Or maybe out of uh, refrigerated storage. All the health food stores have it refrigerated. But Amazon, I'm told, also has refrigeration. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. That's why but I was wondering. The reason we're doing that is, no, it's very simple. We do the education. People come to the website. We want to give them a chance to order off the website because we make a little money doing that. Right, right. The guy, I have a partner. The partner does the manufacturing and the distribution. And we've we worked together for 24 years. We're not working together so well these days. So when it's successful and somebody gets greedy or something happens, right? <laughs> Boy, they don't like the shape of your nose or <laughs> something happens, right? <laughs> and, and when your heart's not full, then you always feel like your wallet is not full enough. Right. So then more money you think you, is going to make you happier. Right. I've never seen that happen, which is why I've never been that interested in money. Right. But money is part of living, so you got to pay a little bit of attention to it. Let's talk about some of your blends here. Yeah. Would you prefer a liquid oil blend or capsule if you were going to do it yourself? Well, if you're going to, yeah, if you're talking about the foundation, right. it'd be liquid. Okay. Because so much of it. Because if you were going to get your two to four tablespoons of oil in a capsule, that would be 28 to 56 capsules a day. Okay. So the for the foundation, liquid, except if you're traveling. When people travel, they take it with them so they don't spill oil in their underwear and their suitcases. Right, right. Pretty messy. And uh, they get, see, they, we recommend six capsules a day, which is just, which is six grams. So it's just over a teaspoon. There's enough alpha linolenic acid for the conversion. So you're getting some benefit, but it's not optimal. Okay. So it's a convenience for travelers. It's the only reason why I recommend it for traveling. I used to take the bottle along, but it was a pain. Well, yeah, absolutely. Especially as much as you travel. Oh, yeah, I traveled. I was like six to nine months a year Yeah. on the road for 15 years. Has that slowed down now? <laughs> yeah, with COVID. <laughs> oh, with COVID. <laughs> I, forget, I forgot about that. Lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you can't go outside, you can go inside. That's my slogan for, for lockdown. Right. Now, do you recommend storing yours in the refrigerator? Always. Always, can, okay. And and what I actually recommend people do, if they if you use the oil and you like it and you notice how much more energy you have or whatever you notice or your skin is nicer or your brain works better because it does all of those things quite remarkably, then I would recommend you buy it by the case and stick the free case in your freezer because when you freeze it solid, the molecules don't move. Oh. When the molecules don't move, they don't meet. And when they don't meet, they can't react. So you get a much, much longer shelf life, like more than three years. And then you can probably get a case discount when you do that. Okay. And you also save save money on the shipping and save the environment on all the fumes from the shipping. Right. So that's what I do. Okay. I, I pay for my oil too. Yeah, I don't, I've never thought of that, but you're right. Well, it's like, this is all stuff that you don't think about until you think about it. <laughs> right? And I just happen to be... <laughs> the guy who thought about it, about all of those right. things. And then once you open it, then you use it within eight weeks. Okay. Because once you open it, air gets in and then slowly the, the oil will begin to go rancid. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, because you're in your late 70s. 79. 
Yes. I, I, I said mid-70s on the sheet, and she corrected me. She goes, oh, by the way, he's 79. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you look amazing for 79. Yeah, not bad. And you're very, met- I mean, you're obviously mentally together for sure, and physically, you still work out. Are you a vegan? When I'm by myself, I'm mostly plant-based. Okay. And it's not about a, I mean, it turns out that's good for the environment too. Right. But I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm doing it from how my body feels. Okay. And I've, as I've gotten older, I've found more and more that I like vegetables more than animal products. Okay. They just feel better. I, I feel better on them. And we had that, those 86 days that we are on raw vegetables. Right. That was my first pass at, at vegetarian, vegan, right? Right. But I'm not one of these guys who wants to hammer everybody over the head and see, if you don't eat only vegetables, then you should die. Right. Right, like, right. Because love is more important than vegetables, in my opinion. Love is more important than vegetables, exactly. Yeah. But from a health perspective, the research is pretty clear. You want the longest life and the best health. You do it on a plant-based whole food diet and a beef 12 supplement. The research is clear. Very clear. clear now for years. Right. So, and the idea that you got to have protein for muscles, there's enough protein in in, in grass to make those beautifully muscled horses. Right. Right? Oh, there's enough protein in grass to make those muscles. And the steak that you eat, that's made out of grass. And the elephant is made out of grass. The gorilla <laughs> is made out of grass. These are not weak animals. Right. Right? And the zebras, and you go on and on, rabbits. So there's, everything has, if all whole foods have protein in them. And unless you're a bodybuilder on steroids, you do not need more protein than plants can supply. But if you're on steroids, then you might have to take more concentrated protein. But even in seeds and nuts, there's more protein in in seeds and nuts than there is in steak. Steak is 80% water. Seeds and nuts are only 12% water. How about eggs? Eight to 12. Eggs? Yeah, well, the egg is, the egg white is mostly water. Right, right. Right? So when you look at those big hunks, most of that's water. So the amount of protein you're getting is not that big. (laughs) <laughs> right? No, that's, I haven't eaten eggs for a while. Completely plant-based then. Yeah. Pretty much when I'm by myself, my, my daughter's living with me. She escaped from COVID in New York. So she's living with me with, with my grandson, which is really nice. He's four and a half. That's how we are, but... He's four and a half. He's, he's so high energy. It's amazing. <laughs> and so she, she eats some dairy. So okay. occasionally if some dairy finds its way into my... Diet. Yeah. But if I, if I was by myself, I would be pretty much all plant-based. And I eat mostly raw foods when I'm by myself. It really works well for me. And nature's mandate for creatures was fresh, whole, raw, organic. That's a good standard. And right. for us, mostly plant-based. Yeah, there's a part in chapter two. I re- yeah. I remember you said something about the human body is made from f- what, foods, water, air. And light. And light. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's, and, and I would change it. Food makes bodies is a nice heading, but life uses food, water, and air to make bodies. That's a fact, right? Yeah. Food, water, and air are the building blocks. If you look at creatures in nature, none of them ever get sick from drug deficiencies or industrial chemical deficiencies. They always get sick from deficiencies of air or oxygen, water, and 
18 minerals, 13 vitamins, nine amino acids, and two essential fatty acids that come from food. The, the body was always made out of food, water, air, and light. Huh? Light, light being life, right? Yep. And that's a fact. So wh whenever something goes wrong, probably the place where sh we should be looking is the quality of food, water, air, and light. Like if you're sick, the deal goes like this. 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced every year. Wow. And some of them actually many times over. Like your digestion system lining, the inside of your digestive system, that turns over every four days. Your liver turns over every six or eight weeks. Bones slower. <laughs> but everything is turning over all the time. Your body is a major construction site. 98% of the atoms in your body today will be gone next year at this time. Removed and replaced. So subtle, you don't even notice it. But how important is if you're sick, you raise your standard for food, water, and air, and light. And within one year, you will have rebuilt your entire 98% of your body to this wow. higher standard. That's why healing is possible. And healing only comes from raising your standards because illness comes from lowering your standards. That's how it works. That's pretty much true. I mean, it is true. Yeah, yeah. that's how it works. It is. <laughs> so you've been so gracious to give the listeners a, a free digital download of your book, Your Body Needs an Oil Change. I love the title. Yeah, your body needs an oil change, just like the car, right? Yeah. Bring oil out, replace yeah. it with clean oil. And also free access to your video course. And that's at your website, which is Erasmus and then backslash rebel. So that will go out to the listeners and that will be in the show notes. A quick question for you. Where can they people find, of course, your website, udoerasmus.com. I, I found you, there's, you have three or four different Instagram accounts. I have... Yeah, I have several Instagram accounts. I have uh, two websites. Uh, one is called udoerasmus.com that you just mentioned. That's for mostly education and courses. And I have a, the product website is udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S choice.com. Okay. And on that, I talk about oils and enzymes and probiotics. I work with digestion a lot as well. Fiber and how we make the products, why we make them that way. Okay. So that's the website. I have a YouTube channel under Udo Erasmus. Lots of stuff on fats on that. Yeah, I love your website. There's a lot of good information out here. And I'm on Facebook. I'm not hard to find. My name is not even a four-letter word. U-D-O. Right? <laughs> you punch U-D-O right. in Google, you... I, I will show up pretty quickly. So before we leave, what, what would you like to leave the listeners with? Being alive is amazing. You're made out of, what did we just say? Solar energy, oxygen, water, and food. And all of those by themselves are not that interesting. Like minerals, they're, they're interesting, but not that interesting. Water, interesting, but not that interesting. Oxygen, interesting, but not that interesting. Solar energy, interesting, but not that interesting. But then it gets all mixed up together, and there you are. Holy smokes, you can do what stuff the sun can't do. You can do stuff that water can't do. You can do stuff that air can't do. You can do stuff that minerals can't do. Like, have you ever seen minerals dance or cry <laughs> or sleep or push barbells? This combination is an amazing miracle. And to be fully present in that miracle, 
and its surroundings, in my view, is the purpose of human existence. To be fully present in all of your being and your surroundings, not lost in thoughts in your head about stupid things that never happened, <laughs> things you misinterpreted, stupid things that are never going to happen, right? <laughs> we spend so much time in here. Right. And we miss the miracle of existence. Fully present in all of your being. So we're talking about aware, present in the life energy that is unconditional love, inspired, that's the shine of the energy, physical, and then able to deal with crisis. That's all inside of human nature. And then outside, you got social group and nature, and then the big picture. Here we are, terminal condition in an infinite universe. And to make the most of the time that you have, because you don't have it for long. I didn't exist for 14 billion years. <laughs> and then now I exist for maybe 100 years. Pretty lucky if I get 100, right? And then for 4 billion years, I won't exist anymore. And then apparently this, the sun is going to collapse and turn into a red star and scorch, incinerate all the, all the innermost planets, right? So don't right. worry about it. It's not happening next week. <laughs> Four and a half billion years. So for all that time, I won't exist either. So when, then what is the point of this short existence if it isn't to enjoy the incredibleness of that gift? That's nice. purpose one. And then purpose two is when you feel whole because you feel because you're present to your wholeness, then help where you can. So easy. It's an easy, easy. life. It's an easy yeah. life. Well, I've got one question that doesn't have anything to do with health or wellness yeah. or oils or minerals. Or, but if I was to say, Udo, what album would you like to listen to right now? Or artist would you like to listen to? What would you put on the radio? Oh, God. I love music. Any music that has feeling in it, I like. I tend towards classical and jazz. Okay. Slow jazz, not the hectic jazz. I don't right. like so much. And then any anything, oh, lots of folk songs. Okay. Good old One folk song. One of my song. favorite ones right now is a woman by the name of Sissel, S-I-S-E-L. She's a Norwegian singer, soprano. Okay. Singing, I don't know how to love him, mm. which is a story about Mary Magdalene and Jesus. Right. Yeah. I just love the song. It's yeah. Just like, yeah. And she does an awesome job. Right now, I'm just hooked on it. But right. it was a time when I was obsessed with the Phantom of the Opera. Right. Because I loved the story because it was an, I, I interpret it as an inner story. It's the conflict between the heart and the mind. The, did you see it? Yes. Yeah. The, fa the Phantom is the mind. Right. Like all over the map. Crazy. Raul is the heart. And Christine is the awareness going back and trying to figure out where she belongs. That's how I interpreted that story. And then the words, if you interpret the story that way, the words really make sense. Yes, they do. I, would, I saw it live eight times. Nice. New York twice, <laughs> London twice, Toronto once, Vancouver once, Sacramento once, and, oh, and Los Angeles once. <laughs> And then I played it over and over when I used to drive from Vancouver to L.A. I'd play it over and over again. And then one day I was finished. <laughs> no, I don't. So I know I, I don't listen to it too much okay. anymore. It's funny because I put the classical on for my dog when she's acting up and she'll just mellow right out. That's why I, too, that's why yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a way to go parasympathetic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you, sir. 
All right. Thank you, Tom. It was great having you. Yeah, that was really fun. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.